Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you as always for tuning into Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride, and uh, we got a special show for you today. We're going to have a guided tour of the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail from Safari Mike. But before we get to that, I just wanted to remind you to uh, check your show notes, and you'll see uh, a link in there for our t shirt shop. We've got Dr. Seeker's Travel Company, Warden Wilson Matua's Air Rangers t shirts, plus the Radio Harambe design. Uh, you can go to T Public and uh, purchase the t shirt there. They're 20 bucks for the shirts, plus you can customize and do all that kind of stuff. And then we could also um, we take all the money that we make from that and we donate it to conservation organizations. So if you're looking for a cool, uh, Disney-themed T-shirt, that is what I would recommend for you. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and all that stuff. I thank everybody for doing that. Uh, so now, here we go. A couple months ago, Safari Mike was down in Disney's Animal Kingdom, and he did a couple of these guided tour-type things. And uh, we've done one once before. You can go back and check your uh, <laughs> the history of the show for that. It was back in September. He did the uh, Oasis Trails and the Tree of Life Trails. Yes, and then this one, he's going to take us to the Gorilla Falls. So let's join Safari Mike at the Animal Kingdom. Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. It is you know, located obviously in Harambe in the back. It used to be called Pangani Exploration Trail. Pangani means place of enchantment and that is what we are doing now. When you first enter you'll see the uh, original Radio Harambe ZU2298. Entering it take a look at the first sign it's the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail School and Sanctuary the theme the conceit of the area is that you are in a conservation school um, here Dr. Kalunda K-U-L-U-N-D is the conservation school director and he has a sign right here at the, at the beginning for some of the rules of, of visitors visiting the sanctuary there's also a, a map of the Gorilla uh, Sanctuary there Now, as you move on, you get to the first exhibit, and that is the Rehabilitation Center. The idea behind this, and this is where you see the colobus monkeys, the idea behind this is that you are 
um, in an area where they are rehabilitating colobus monkeys to introduce back into the quote-unquote wild. Um, so that's why it's designed to look like, you know, basically a standard old-school zoological exhibit. It's just netting, and you can see inside the exhibit some of the um, local water and boxes and things like that because the idea here is that you are rehabilitating this colibri, these colobus monkeys into the wild. Um, here, these colobus monkeys have actually had babies in the past. They are leaf eaters, and they um, find themselves in the canopy of the forest, along with the gorillas. They are not uh, meat eaters. They eat mostly fruits, vegetables, that kind of thing. As you actually enter the Endangered Animal Rehabilitation Center, you look to the left and you'll see all sorts of items, such as backpacks, canteens, flashlights. These are the conservation, uh, the, the school, the interns of the school going into uh, store their stuff before they go pack out into the wild. Um, we're going to continue along. There's also a, a good sign here, and I recommend you take a look at it, about bushmeat. It is a crisis in Africa, as many of the animals, particularly monkeys, such as colobus monkeys, are the victims of um, bushmeat. Uh, the locals hunt them and eat them. Uh, gorillas, elephants, mandrills, porcupines, lizards, rats, bush pigs, all sorts of things like that are highly endangered or endangered because of such a thing. The next exhibit is actually the Okapi exhibit. Before you get there, you will see the Beware of Buffalo sign. Um, buffalo are numerous in the African forest. They don't have any in this exhibit, but um, it is a fun little um, marker. Also take a look at the pavement and you'll see all sorts of footprints embedded into the trail. It is supposed to give you this feeling that you're actually on an African trail. You'll see duck footprints, deer, uh, you know, that kind of thing. The first exhibit here is the Okapi. Um, I can see actually a couple of Okapi right now. They are relatives of the giraffe, although they used to be thought of as relatives of the zebra just because of their striped pattern. But they are actually uh, closely related to giraffes. They have the same type of skull and they have um, the same long tongue. In this exhibit sometimes also is the yellow-backed diker, which is a form of deer. Um, it gets its name from the yellowish color, coloration on their backs. Uh, these okapi are Okapi, in general, I should say, are native to the Aituri forest in the Congo, um, which is West Africa, not East Africa, which is the conceit of the... You can hear the talker now. Take a look here at the exhibit and you'll see some of the, the skulls and just how identical the skull of the giraffe and the okapi is. The okapi obviously is the smaller one. There are, is also a chalkboard here. This um, is supposed to be from uh, Dr. Colinda's class. And Dr. Colane actually is the uh, okapi specialist. And she goes into great detail about the differences between the okapi and the giraffe.
now. Take a look at the sign for the Okapi um, right, right before you leave the exhibit, and you'll see um, a, a little pretend news article. As I was saying before, the Okapi are native to uh, West Africa, not East Africa, which is where Harambe is. The article goes into great depth, uh, great detail about how they are planning on introducing the Okapi into the East African rainforest. How you doing? Okapi, mostly because they're so limited in their range, are, are highly endangered, um, much more endangered than their relatives, the giraffe. Both of them have the same type of long tongue. These tongues are used to pull leaves from trees. Uh, giraffes obviously need to get higher up to um, eat their um, leaves that are in those trees that you see in the savanna. And then the okapi is much more closer to the ground. As we continue along, we're going to get to the school itself. That is the next exhibit, that's the building. Before you actually get in there, take a look at some of the things on the outside of the school, and you'll see some of the details uh, for the backstory. It's the research center for the conservation school. There's a shipment going to Morris Kiengo. He actually comes up later in this exhibit uh, with regards to the hippos, but here, this is, uh, you also see um, some notes about African bullfrogs and the Nile perch. When you go into the school, you'll notice all sorts of signs and, and demonstrations. I'm not going to get into each and every one. But the first exhibit, they've actually cleared it out. Make sure you take a look at these drawers. You can actually pull out drawers and see uh, some of the things like shells and things like that. One of the first exhibits here is the spider tortoise. It gets its name for the intricate designs on top of its shell. The shell itself is not as high as many other tortoises. Mostly that's because they can get underneath uh, certain things. When you look at the signs themselves, you'll see researchers' notes. This is again pretending school for um, some of the researchers. The next desk is Dr. Kalimba's desk. He's the director of the research center. Take a look at his um, desk. You'll see some, some signs of his work. Also take a look at his uh, drawers behind him where there's water and microwave and some desks. I mean, excuse me, some books. There's actually a can of dune bug spray, which is used in It's Tough to Be a Bug. Now, when they were designing the research center, they built it into the, a hill. And in the hill itself, they uncovered a naked mole rat colony. And that is the exhibit that you're having here, is that the, uh, they're doing a, they decided to take up studying of the naked mole rat. Take a look at um, the different areas of the naked mole rat. And they have, even though they're mammals, and they're not actually completely naked. All mammals have a little bit of hair on them. They just have a few at the, at the front of, uh, on their whiskers to help them m navigate their way through the tunnels. They are almost completely blind. They act as if there are ants. There are colonies. There are worker mole rats. There are, and there's actually a queen mole rat. Uh, 
oftentimes she is um, within the, the large clump of mole rats. For example, right now I'm looking at them, and there's probably about 20 of them sleeping on top of, basically on top of one another. She is somewhere probably in there. There is a couple of other mole rats walking their way about. Um, and there's actually, I believe there are actually two colonies here. And um, the one on the top left, again, there's a whole bunch of them just sort of lying down on top of one another. Some of the other exhibits, uh, these sometimes change periodically. There is a boa constrictor. One of the ones that they uh, often have here are the elite spiny tail lizard. That's right before you leave the exhibit. And I'm taking a look at him right now. He almost looks flat. And that is, again, an adaptation for his environment where he can sneak into rock crevices to hide, cool off, that kind of thing. We're going to keep going down. Take a look at the flamboyant flowering beetle. These are huge beetles, but they are brilliantly colored. Um, again, researchers note. I'll read you a couple of them. These are found in the African forest. This uh, on Thursday, a group was foraging for food and found a nectar supply along with some fruit. And on Friday, they found a few of the larvae of this beetle in the decaying ground cover, and that's where they give birth. They let it in decaying provides nutrients for the beetle for the beetles go in the back of the exhibit and you'll see all sorts of little critters pull out the drawers and you'll see um, some of the insect life that lives in this area there is a imperial scorpion a giant tarantula the goliath beetle is even bigger than the tarantula so take a look at them it's pretty impressive stuff um, again, I encourage you to pull out all the drawers and take a look at various things. Now, we are going to move into the Avery. And um, before we do, I encourage you to take a look at information board and there there is grace the gorilla rehabilitation and conservation education center uh, one of our conservation partners uh, deals with grace it is the diane fossey exhibit uh, conservation group and we're going to move on into the avery where we will see some of my favorite birds when you walk in Notice, first of all, on the ground, the imprints of all sorts of leaves, feet, and that kind of thing. Again, you're given a sense of actually being in a real uh, aviary. Um, we are going to move along here. Take a look at some of the birds. Ooh, there's a hammer cop all walking right on the ground. Hammer cops. Um, often, there's a pair of them here. They, they mate for a long period of time. They are, uh, in their own genus, they're thought to be related to pelicans now. For a long time, they were thought to be related to storks. But now scientists have put them into the realm of a pelican. Also, you'll see numerous of these golden birds. These are the golden weaver birds. 
um, hammer cops and weavers are both impressive for the fact that of, of the nests that they build. Hammer cops build huge nests, so big that in some of them, uh, a human male can actually stand on top of it without it crashing to the ground. Weavers, on the other hand, build smaller nests, but they are intricately designed. And this is so that the male attracts females by building the best nest. One of the things that this apiary has that the one in Maharaja Jungle Trek does not is fish. And here we have the Lake Victoria Cichlid Conservation efforts. Look in this in this exhibit, you'll see numerous fish in the aquarium, and these are all chicklets. Chicklets are birds, oh, excuse me, fish found in uh, Lake Victoria, the second largest lake in the world, volume-wise. It's very deep. There are all sorts of little niche habitats, and chicklets have evolved over the course of centuries to fill these little niches. Unfortunately, what that means for them is that they often um, there are only a few amount of, uh, of each species, so thousands of species have become extinct thanks to uh, overfishing, development, and the like. Taking a look now, there's a little weaver bird right in front of us. Oh, over here. Are the great blue taracos beautiful birds, uh, brightly colored blue with yellow uh, yellow bills and green on their chest. As you walk through the exhibit, you'll keep seeing um, these chicklets in the water. There's also some waterfowl here. For example, I'm looking at now marble teal. They're uh, basically brown and white uh, ducks related to ducks anyway. Take a look at the can for the Chicana. We have these long, almost spider-like feet that allow them to walk on, uh, almost on water, on weeds and things like that. I'm now looking at an olive pigeon. Pigeons are numerous throughout the rainforest. And this one uh, has its speckles on its wing. Also in the water, by the waterfall now I'm looking at, is the African pygmy geese. These, uh, there are a couple of different types of pygmy geese. They're related obviously to geese, but they look much more like ducks. And they act like ducks. Um, living in pairs as opposed to big groups that you sometimes see Canadian geese and the like in. Now we're going to leave the Avery and head to the dam. Now what happened here was, thank you, they built a dam to help study hippos. There's a sign here, two of the most dangerous animals in all of Africa, and that is the hippo, which they have a beautiful skull, a replica of the skull, and the crocodile. Hippos have been known to knock people over in the water, or boats in the water, and they can be very territorial. Here, 
uh, Dr. Columba has built a dam, and you can actually see the structure of the dam itself. They have these big wooden poles sticking up and, and blocking um, wood to prevent the river from overflowing this area. And they, the reason they did this was to study hippos. Dr. Columba is the one who did that. They used to have a sign here that showed the school children, um, but they have since gotten rid of that. This hippoquarium is one of the few in the country, although they are becoming more common. The first one was in Toledo, uh, but now they are, um, there's a few of them located. These hippo are the Nile hippo, and they are one of the biggest uh, animals in Africa. They can weigh up to 500, or excuse me, 5,000 pounds. They often spend a lot of time in the water. Their skull, their skin tends to dry out, so they'll either be in the water or in mud wallows, much like a rhino. Hippos are hunted for their meat as well as their tusks. Um, this ivory of the tusks uh, has become much more popular since uh, elephant ivory is such a hot topic and many of the countries in Africa have um, banned the hunting of elephants. The population in East Africa of hippos is about 40,000. They are not endangered. Take a look at the sign over on the side here and you'll see sort of how, um, or the different hippos of the exhibit. And um, here you'll see how the dam was built and where the crocodiles are. This is actually a rudimentary drawing of the Kilimanjaro safaris because you are actually seeing part of the hippo exhibit from Kilimanjaro safaris here, although it is around the corner um, from the exhibit you see at Kilimanjaro safaris. We are now going to move, continue along the exhibit and we are going to get to uh, the savannah. Here you'll see a hut, much like you would see um, on the savannah, and similar to the one that you see on the savannas, the, the Kilimanjaro safaris, I should say. Um, they have the design, the thatched roof, and all that kind of stuff. Inside there are numerous different um, skulls and shields from tribes in the area. Here we have the Grevy Zebra. The Grevy Zebra is one of the most endangered uh, zebras in the world. They're located only in Ethiopia um, and Kenya, small populations uh, there. They're highly endangered. They are different from Plains Zebra, which you'll see in uh, other zoos, in that the stripes don't go all the way around the belly. The, the stripes stop about, oh, just before the belly and the, the, the rump or the under underbelly I should say of the Grevy zebra is um, plain white. Here I could see actually four of them. Um, they are hoping to have some babies uh, here, some foals. In the exhibit below that, in a sort of pit, are the meerkats. Meerkats are of course related to weasels and we all know them from as Timon. Uh, you could see the meerkat. There's always one meerkat acting as a sentry, standing up and keeping an eye out on uh, looking for hawks and other such predators. They are um, often hunted by hawks of the savanna. Recently, the meerkats had pups. Hi guys, so my meerkats are not out right now, they're getting a little 
the meerkats are actually not out right now. Um, but the zebra are out. There's we're walking around feeding. Uh, zebras, of course. These zebras, I should say, um, don't group in herds as big as the ones on the plains of Africa and the plain zebra. Uh, these guys are um, smaller herds. Uh, males are territorial, and females wander through the territory and um, maybe, quote-unquote, seduced by a, uh, the male of the territory. Yeah, we are going to move on. One of the things you should actually do here, I should, before I move on, is that there's always a cultural ambassador here. These are popular in the Animal Kingdom Lodge. I encourage you to engage um, in one of them. They are from various countries. Here there are signs for Tanzania, Zambibi, Zambia, uh, Namibia, and South Africa. And um, the guide, or excuse me, the cultural representative was from one of those. And there's all sorts of arts and crafts from that, uh, from those from those areas. Desk here, I see some basket weaving and some, some pots, beautiful stuff. We are going to move on now to the last exhibit and the biggie, and that is, of course, the gorilla exhibit. Uh, this is one of the best gorilla exhibits you will see in the world. Um, we recently had a baby, uh, Grace, named after the Grace Center that, we, that I referenced before. The grill exhibit is always very popular, and there are a lot of people here at the, uh, at the area. Take a look at the sign if you have a chance. There's a big blackboard. Dr. Columbia is going to be doing a talk soon on gorillas, and he has some of the um, important facts for example, they have fingernails, not claws. They have sharp teeth, but they are not aggressive. Chimpanzees, for example, are much more aggressive than gorillas. Gorillas don't hunt, while chimpanzees do. The teeth is merely for show. Uh, they pound their chest. Males pound their chest, flash their teeth. Um, very rarely does any of that actually result in a fight between males for a, uh, a group, or for females. Jews almost always for females in their territory. Gorillas are huge. Their bones are heavy. But, again, they eat uh, leaves, grasses, and the like. That is why their stomachs are so distended, because these things are not easy to digest. They don't provide a lot of nutrients, so they have to eat a lot. Um, right now, you can see the female. The first exhibit here is actually the female group. There's one male with several females and babies in here. There's a bachelor group on the other side of the river, which we will get to in a minute. Um, and that is actually how gorillas act in the wild. You'll have a couple of bachelors kind of on the fringes of a, ter of a group's territory. And every once in a while, one of the bachelors gets uh, a feeling that he might be able to take over the, the troop and goes in for the, for the confrontation. Again, they often do not result in real fighting or certainly not often don't revolve, involve death. Uh, sometimes there is a little bit of a jousting. We are going to keep moving on. Take a look at all the crates where they show. Um, it's designed to make you think that you know these researchers are here 
students are here. And all these signs, like the one at the gorilla exhibit and the one at the Okapi exhibit, are uh, chalkboard style because you're supposed to be in a school. Let me just go back here again, back to the rope bridge. When you cross over the rope bridge, you will see a um, rock formation on your right. And that is the hidden Jafar. You can see the turban, the, the nose, the lips um, of the exhibit itself. You have to look hard for it, but it is supposed to be um, kind of a, a Jafar. Now we move on. Again, the family is to the right and the bachelors are to the left. And you can see um, there's a sign here, uh, sort of like a, a representation of the exhibit itself. There's the family group on the right and the bachelor group on the left. And you have your footpath here. And I'm looking now, I don't really see too many uh, gorillas currently. In the bachelor group, they have all sorts of uh, like cans and paper so that they or, or towels and things like that sheets that, that the bachelors can play with um, it gives them something to um, occupy their mind it's called behavioral enrichment and recently zoos have been doing this a much bigger degree and that is uh, giving the animals something to you know keep their minds occupied um, they are in an exhibit they don't get to stretch or roam freely this exhibit obviously is huge compared to many gorilla exhibits um, and there is plenty of um, things to do. In fact, if a gorilla troop in the wild um, was able to get food, they wouldn't leave that area anyway. So it is uh, sort of representative of what goes on in the actual wild. The Bachelor Group exhibit is one of my favorite exhibits and this is the one you can actually see on the other side outside of um, Gorilla Falls itself. Sorry. Now, we are actually leaving the Gorilla Falls. And I thank you for joining me. So there you have it. Safari Mike's guided tour of the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. It's one of my favorite spots in all of Walt Disney World. And I think that the, um, just throw my two cents in here, I think that the gorilla exhibit at the end of that trail is one of and probably the single best um, zoo exhibit I have ever seen and uh, you know and I've been to zoos across the country uh, and some of the most popular ones and I, I, I can't think of one that is as immersive and as beautiful and offers the kind of um, you know in their natural element type of viewing 
that you get in uh, on that specific exhibit at the end of the Gorilla Falls Trail. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And, and you know, as you're running to your, uh, we say this all the time on the show, as you're running to your, <laughs> your next fast pass or what you're trying to get to, um, you know, take some time out in your day to go to Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. It is absolutely stunningly beautiful. Uh, the kids will love it because the animal encounters are terrific. Uh, it's really worth it. So, as always, and as I said at the top, Tee Public is where you're going to find our t-shirts. We donate all the money to conservation. Go to the link in the show notes, uh, and you'll see exactly where you can go to get our t-shirts. Warden Wilson Matua's Air Rangers, Dr. Seeker's Travel, Travel Company, and, uh, of course, our Radio Harambe design. Uh, you can follow us both on Twitter. I am at... Radio Harambe. I'm not there as often as Mike is, so the best thing to do if you want to have a question for one of us is to go through Mike on Twitter. Uh, he is at Jumbo Everyone. You can also find us on Instagram. We are Disney's Animal Kingdom on Instagram, believe it or not. On Facebook, we are Jumbo Everyone. Uh, you can also, anytime you want, you can email the show. Uh, any emails that, uh, you know, are questions or stuff, we'll try our best to read them on the air uh, and answer them, you know, as best we possibly can. You can do that at jomboeveryone at gmail.com. Did I say rate and review us on iTunes? If I didn't, I'm going to say it again. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, it really helps to get the word out on the show. Uh, the more listeners, the better. That's just better for everybody involved. Um, I think that's it. We have some great plans coming up soon, some holiday stuff and lots of cool things coming. So keep this in your feed. We got some Safari Mike uh, Planet Watch stuff planned. We got some more guided tours of Mike's coming up. We got a lot of really interesting stuff uh, that hope all of you uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom fans will listen to and enjoy. So, as always, for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. And thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Lily, 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 Lily,